And Tilly, cha-ching for him, he's doubled his money and registered his second, the Don's second this evening. Puss comes in from the left-hand side, he goes beyond Davison. Bugill on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a brilliant finish by Omar Bugill. Oh, what a finish. It's in towards McLean. Oh, he's found the second goal for the Don's. It's absolutely incredible. Oh, it's a brilliant save from Nick Zanev. Tipped it wide just when it was destined for the top right hand corner. And it comes from Tilly in towards the end of the six yard box. Post going up. And now it is headed in. And it is Ryan Johnson. Pell leaping. Oh, and it's his first touch of the ball. And he's made it 2 0. Tilly, what a nonchalant bit of control as well. Up against Milsom. Tilly now with a shot past the keeper. Oh, it's a superb goal. Hi, guys. It's Bassie here. Hi, I'm Omen McGill. Hi, I'm Terry Skiverton. Hi, I'm Hussein Biller. Hi, Bezo here. All right, lad. I'm Ali Ahamadi. Hello, I'm Johnny Jackson, and you are listening to the official AFC Wimbledon podcast. Come on, you dons. Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the official AFC Wimbledon podcast with me, Aaron Paul, coming to you from a very sunny training ground as the players prepare for an exciting seven days. Loads to come on this week's episode. First up, we have a walk and a talk with the gaffer as Johnny Jackson takes us through what's been a busy but very satisfying few weeks. I think the two wins, I think we've you know fully deserved that. So being greedy, I suppose, could could be sat on 12 points, but I think the return that we have got is really good too. We then speak to women's manager Kevin Foster, who says that achievements are centre of attention for his side this season. We looked at you know stats on how we can keep more clean sheets, score more goals and just be more ruthless at both ends of the pitch and how we can make that mean that actually we're not falling just short but actually we're taking that next step. And finally we sit down with new signing James Tilly who tells us why he wanted to join the Dons. In talking to Cope in that he explained what they wanted to do this season. I saw like the players they wanted to bring in and who they already brought in. Um, the ground and everything's just it's a proper proper club. So let's get straight into it as we go for a walk and a talk with Johnny Jackson. Gaffer, thanks for having us here at the training ground this lunchtime. Um, what a gorgeous day. Beautiful, isn't it? Red hot. I think I've burnt my, uh, burnt my face. Should have put my factor on. But uh, no, nah, lovely. Lovely. Uh, best job in the world, isn't it? For these lot. What's training been like? Uh, training's been excellent, Aaron, to be honest. Um, boys are working really hard. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we're, that we're working on, trying to implement on a Saturday's coming together at the minute. So. Um, we've got to keep doing it, keep doing it, repeat, 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 get better at what we're doing. Um, and always, always with that, you know, the the uh, main thing being on the graft. Is training more fun when you're winning games? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, everything's more fun, isn't it? Life's more fun when you're winning games. But um, yeah, I think, you know, the mood, especially amongst the boys, is, is buoyant when they're winning. Uh, I think everyone looks forward to coming in, don't they? So um, it's nice at the minute. It's lovely. Lovely coming into work. It's lovely watching the boys train and putting them through their paces, and it's nice when you're seeing, you know, stuff that you are working on coming off. Arguably, do you feel that we should have max points on the board? Yeah, I think there's definitely a case for it. I think, I think if you look at all the games, I think we perhaps deserve to to, to win them all. Shaded, shaded them. Although you know the two, the two draws were tight games tight games and could have gone either way but I still felt like we had we had the best of both of them and I think the two the two wins I think we've you know fully deserved that so I think yeah I mean being greedy I suppose could could be sat on 12 points but I think the return that we have got is really good too that on my head <laughs> I've got to warn everyone there are footballs flying about we're just seeing everyone just uh, knock some uh, balls in as, as training comes to a close um, talk to me about Coventry your best night here yeah, right up there. Um, best night in management, probably, to be honest, because of the, uh, you know, we weren't expected to beat them, was we? And how close they come 
last year, getting into the Premier League and players that they've got. So, and the turnaround, the way it happened, you know, being behind and then getting the two late ones and it being being at home in front of our supporters. So, I think right up there, right up there. But but then again, I mean, Saturday was Saturday was pretty special as well. You know, winning a local derby away from home with the support that we had there as well. So um, it's been, yeah, it's been a good few weeks. It felt like a, a proper Wimbledon performance, that Coventry game, because everyone just dug deep. Look, Tanz was brilliant in goal, but we had the quality where, where it mattered. I mean, two fantastic goals. Yeah, I think that's been a hallmark of, of, of the team so far this season, that, that we've mixed it up. So we played some really good stuff. We've had to dig in in moments as well, and we've had to show a different different sort of side, a bit of resilience. Had to do it against commentary, you know, a lot, spent a lot of time about the ball. Um, but in, in some key moments, we come up with some real quality. And it was the same on Saturday. We had to go there and stand up to their test, have a, have a bit of a scrap, have a bit of a fight for 60, 65 minutes and, and wait for your moment. And then we had the quality to sort of take over and, and, and see the game through. So it's nice that, that we've done it sort of two different ways. Where did you watch the draw? We was in the office, actually, straight after the game. So I come and done a bit of press and then uh, went back in the office for the draw. And uh, we was all together, all the staff and chairman was with us and stuff like that. I think he was pleased too. So, um, yeah, it was great. When it, when it come out, we was, all, we was all jumping about. Be getting one of the big boys, but uh, perhaps at home. Um, but going there, I think, obviously, brilliant for the, for the club, brilliant for the fans, um, that we're going to take as many as... Well, as many as they'll let us take, I think, uh, we'll be taking. And, uh, a, you know, a great, great night for us to showcase what we're about. Be honest, would you have preferred Spurs? No, I don't, I don't know. I didn't care, to be honest. I think you look at it and uh, those are the two biggest sides, isn't it, wouldn't they? Um, and I think for us as a, as a club, you know, location-wise, it's more of a it's more of a local derby. And, uh, you know, they're European champions a few years ago, weren't they? So, uh, I mean, it's, it's as big as it gets, really. How hard is it going to be? to pick a team for that because you've got so many players in form you've got a, a squad which has got a lot of talent in it I mean we'll talk about the squad in a minute and how it's changed and evolved but genuinely I, I don't envy you No it's a difficult one because everyone wants to play everyone's putting forward a case to play um, we've got a league game three days later and you know it's it's all those decisions that I'm going to have to to weigh up but um, yeah I mean the way the way that we're sort of training, the way that the boys who aren't playing are coming on, everyone's giving me like a bit of a problem. Every, every, they all want to play, don't they? No one's happy being on the bench, but everyone who is in that role at the minute, you know, they're, what, what they're doing is just as important as, as the lads that are starting. So it'll be a difficult one to pick. Unfortunately, you know, only pick eleven, uh, but I'll be keen to get you know everyone on that, that I can. You know, you can make five. I think you can name name nine subs and you five. So that'll be good. That, that a lot of boys will get to, to taste what it's like. And uh, I don't just want it to be for the experience. We want to go and, listen, we're going to try and win the game. You know what I mean? We're going to go and have a go. Obviously, massive, massive underdogs and, and right up against it. But we're not going there just to say, say that we had a day out at Chelsea. You know, we want to go and give them a proper game. They're so unpredictable, though, Chelsea. I mean, one day they turn up, one day they don't. Anything could happen on the day. Well, anything could happen and, and anyone could play because they've got about 8,000 players, haven't they, as well? So, uh, I just, yeah, it's very hard for us to, you know, you're asking about my team. It's hard for me to pick a team. It's hard for me to to predict what they're going to do as well. So, uh, we're going to go and watch them Friday night against Luton, um, have a look at what they're trying to do, look at ways that maybe we can, we can upset them. Um, and it'll probably give me more of an idea of, of uh, who they'll play by probably who plays on Friday. 
you're probably thinking the ones who don't play on Friday might play against us, but who knows? I, I, no, no way of knowing exactly what they're going to do either. Just sort of flip-flopping between topics, uh, when you found out that Ben Foster had retired yesterday or whenever it was, were you disappointed you didn't knock five past him? It was a little bit, yeah, because everyone's put, put a shed load. And, and to be fair, on another day, I think we could have put a few more past him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, great career. Um, strange one that he sort of started back and then decided that, that, that he you know, didn't fancy it anymore. I thought he actually played well against us, to be honest. I thought, I thought his performance level was good, but he, you know, he says he ain't been happy with, with his levels. And obviously they've conceded a lot of goals, but it's not always down to the keeper, is it? You know, there's, it's obviously uh, defence in front of him and stuff. But uh, good luck to him. Um, yeah, I mean, he's had a great career, hasn't he? So I'm sure he'll be all right, wouldn't he? I mean, he loves cycling, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he'll find things to do, won't he? I'm sure. <laughs> How was your birthday? Really good, mate. Really good. Uh, best present ever. Going to Colchester, getting the points. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I wanted. 41 is not not really one I'm right home about, is it? 41. Uh, I'm not there yet, so I don't know. Well, you wouldn't know, but you'll get there, mate. And. Uh, we're trying to uh, try and do something for your forty-first, but nah, best best thing, best best night, best night I could have asked for on the on the forty-first going to Colchester and getting three points. Did you do a Yaya Toure? Did they get you a cake? No one got me a cake, not even my missus actually. So, but I'm upset about that. Yeah, I bet. Uh, three days later, Sutton United. Um, what a fantastic travelling party! I've watched a couple of videos and a couple of vlogs from it. Fans were unbelievable. Unbelievable, and they really pushed you home. Yeah, class, mate. It was it was blinding to see so many of them there. I think we had about 13, 1400, didn't we? And uh, Pat behind the goal, obviously down the side as well. So uh, support we had it was felt like a home game at times. To be honest, um, it was nice for us to get the goals at that end as well. I think for them to see that, so that second half performance and the way they spurred the boys on, definitely like it makes such a difference, mate. And uh, it was nice to be out celebrating them at the end. Is it just me, or is there a real, real wide variety of chants going on these days as well? Some real good ones, isn't there? Yeah, there's some, there's some good stuff. Some quite humorous stuff comes out from them. Um, I think they're enjoying it, and they? they're enjoying it, watching the team at the minute. And uh, long may that continue. And uh, yeah, listen, as long as they're as long as they're singing and chanting, getting behind the boys, then then we're happy. James Telly's got a Blondie-based chant, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is Blondie, isn't it? It's Heart of Glass. Yeah, how's it go? I'm saying I hate that song. I hate that song. Good song. It's a terrible song. Atomic's a better song. Atomic's a better song. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, Heart of Glass just a bit screechy, isn't it? No, I think she's got a good voice, Debbie Harry. Fair play. Fair yes, play. <laughs> just looking out here, uh, seeing Ali do his thing, seeing a couple of other players out on the training pitch. Genuinely, uh, the squad has taken such a fantastic shape. And I know you always wanted to have multiple transfer windows, and every manager wants to have multiple transfer windows, but but. How delighted are you to have this bank of players at your disposal? Yeah, well pleased. Like, it, it took a lot of hard work, to be honest, mate. Even like summer was relentless in the work that, that we was doing behind the scenes to try and make this happen and to try and make this place look the way it does now. And um, I think it's a completely, completely different place. I mean, I walked on here the other day. The 18s and the 18s were next door. We had a group over there, so it felt feels like a proper working environment now. And obviously, we've got we've got a proper squad. Um, to work with too, so um, yeah, but that, I mean, that weren't a fluke. That that was that took a lot of hard work from myself, from Craig, from Terry, all the boys in in the summer about getting our recruitment right, getting it done early as well, which I think was a massive part of it. Getting the group together as early as we did, and having having the trip uh, abroad 
the little the little Benidorm one. I think that was that was the team building is yeah, mad. It was it? class, mate. It was class. But I didn't want to go there with two new players, and then you know you sign eight more further down the line. And actually, the reason that you've gone there for is it, it, you know you don't get what you need out of it. But we had we had the group together so early. I think it's only uh, I think it's only James Ball that's come in since since we got back from there. So we pretty much had all of our all of our signings done, and uh, they all got to put on a show in front of supporters that night, didn't they? We're, we're, we're recording this episode of the the club podcast a week or so before the window closes. Do you want more? Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah there's a couple. There's a couple of positions. Um, I just feel like we're, we're a little bit light. Obviously, we've got a couple of injuries as well, so we have got boys to come back. Um, but I just think just to give us the best opportunity to really go and attack the autumn and the winter, when you know inevitably you're going to get people going to pick up injuries, knocks, suspensions, especially they're, they're booking people for anything now, aren't they? So uh, suspensions will come along, and we want to be in a position where one guy's coming out of the team and the fella going in is is just as capable, you know. And we, we're getting there. Certainly getting there with a the squad, but I just think a couple more will, will help with that. Um, one thing I really wanted to talk to you about was uh, Joe Lewis's shorts. Yeah, I get asked about that a lot. What is that? What, I, what's... I ain't got a clue, mate, but listen, he can do whatever he likes. He can he can wear speedos if he wants, so if, he, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, you know, like we, I'm not worried about his shorts. Um, it works for him, whatever works for him. If it allows him to play how he plays, then... Yeah, do what you do what you want with your shorts. More pertinently, why has Terry Skiverton copied him? I think he just wants to get a bit of tan on the legs. Um, yeah, well, he's not going to have holiday now for probably nine months, is he? So he's just trying to keep up his tan. Well, you're looking good, Johnny. Um, finally, we are what five games into the season. We're, we're approaching Chelsea, Forest Green to come. Do you have a message for the supporters? Just what, like, I want to thank them really for uh, the way that they've got behind the um, the lads. The way they got behind myself, the support that we've had since the start of the season has been has been unbelievable. Um, you know they've had to do it the hard way; they've stuck with us. But hopefully we're repaying uh, the faith that's been shown. Hopefully they're enjoying what they're seeing, and and the way the way they spur you know spur the boys on. We spoke about it, like and the support we're getting at home, but the, the numbers we're taking away as well, and the noise they're making. The boys love it. The boys absolutely love it and they feed off it. So hopefully we can keep producing for them um, to give them something to shout about and uh, they can keep getting behind the boys and uh, we can all be successful together. Thanks to Gaffer for the chat there. Let's go straight from the training pitch into the canteen and sit down with women's manager Kevin Foster. Kevin, thanks for joining us here on the official club podcast for making your debut on the official club podcast. Great to speak to you. Um, How's your summer break been? Yeah, good, busy. Um, obviously, we started first week back in July uh, with the players, and everyone was back in. And you know, it's a busy time getting players in, sorting players out, getting ready for the season. So, but yeah, no, it's been good, but fun. Another busy season last year, an exciting season. Have you had time to reflect? Yeah, it's sort of like a whirlwind sort of situation. We finished the season in you know May time, and then we're back in July. So you have. You have a sort of three, four week break where you can switch off a little bit and enjoy some time off. And then you have three or four weeks where you start reflecting and looking at actually what we can do better or what we can do differently and how we can keep moving the club and the women's section forward, really. What, what did you learn from last year? I learned how ruthless we need to be. You know, as we spoke before, we go, you go one game unbeaten and you don't win the league. And actually, what can we do better? 
and we looked at you know stats on how many goals we scored compared to oppositions and how we can you know keep more clean sheets score more goals and just be more ruthless at both ends of the pitch and how we can make that mean that actually we're not leaving it by chance of winning a league or we're not fit falling just short but actually we're taking that next step when you look back at the the growth of of the women's side of the club since covid the rise has been meteoric it's just been constant improvement oh it's it's unbelievable really this is my fifth year at the club as a manager and 10th year altogether and i've just seen it it just goes through the roof and you know credit to the wimbledon football club as itself it's just grown and grown and grown and what it's done is it's brought the women with them you know and and when you look back at when i first started we was on a hockey astro training once a week and getting ready for the season to where we are now it's just been yeah it's been meteoric in the way it's gone gone through and women's football as everybody knows about now tell us about how you've made changes to your squad because obviously again you're ambitious you want the club to push on and and there's always going to be changes yeah that's just natural um we've brought in some some players we brought in three or four good players that are, are going to push us forward um and we've added a, a larger squad to help us with that depth um we've brought in lucy porter from uh, Lewis, who's a really, really good player. We brought in Nicole, who has come from Watford, and she won the Southern Prem last year. We brought in Sandra, who's from Leeds, up north, and we brought her down. So there's been lots. Of, we've just brought in three or four players just to give us that more depth. Again, so we can cope better with injuries, so we can cope better through sort of the, the, the busier times, you know, the Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday sort of fixed a pile up and we have injuries and stuff really. Did you lack anything in specific last season or was it just the case of having maybe too small a squad, maybe running out of legs, maybe too many games? What what was it? Yeah, it's interesting. We we looked at the draws that we had and we worked out in the draws that out of two out of three draws that we had, we, we conceded in the ninetieth minute and one of them was away to Norwich and one of them was a midweek Wednesday away to Seaward. And, you know, when you're doing that travelling, doing the distances and playing three times a week, we wondered whether it was because of the size of the squad and actually did we need a, a bigger squad to be able to cope and allow us to rotate more. So that's something we've looked at and we've explored and we're going to try and sort of help us push through those times. How does the recruitment happen with you? Um, I mean, look, we, we all know about Craig Cope on the men's side of things. Who, who looks after things for you? Yeah, it's pretty much myself in terms of and then, and then the boys that coach we're lucky now you know when I first started it was myself and uh, one other person coaching and it was literally like we were running around putting kit out trying to recruit players trying to coach trying to manage trying to do everything but now we have a really good structure in place there's myself as manager I have Andy May as assistant manager then we have Blaine as a head coach we have an S&C coach in Jacob we have two physios and we have a goalkeeping coach in Julian and now we have a video analysis in Frank as well, plus a kit man in George. So the squad's gone from off the field from two to you know seven or eight people. Um, but in terms of the recruitment side of it, that's heavily done through myself because I've been around the women's game for you know five six years now and know it and sort of start understanding it and can start pulling in players and talking to various people really. The evolution is is huge. You know, you talk about off the field and, and, and what you do. Um, I look at playing at Plough Lane as, as so huge. I mean, having a, a fixed home and just having that facility as yours is, is huge. It's unbelievable. And what, what I love about it is, you know, when we started playing at Plough Lane a couple of years ago, 
it was like, wow, you're playing at Plough Lane, like you should be appreciative of it all, and you know, it's so brilliant. But now the, the club's ethos and the club's feeling of it is actually, it is our home, it's the women's home. And you look at other clubs in around us, you know, they get to play one game a year there and it's a real big, big thing. And it's, you know, and rightly so, it's blown up and it's promotion, 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 where actually for us, it's like, yeah, we're, we're AFC Wimbledon women, we should be playing at the club's ground. And that's, that's what we do. What's the atmosphere like between the women's side and, and the men's side? Is there any crossover at all? Yeah, you know, Johnny's been really good. We spoke to him uh, at like, the events we turn up to and talked to him about the crossover in terms of how women's football works and men's football work. Um, the players talk. I know the goalkeepers especially speak to Bezo quite a bit in terms of what they can do better or how we can look at. So it, it works really well. And then we have some of the players interact, you know, and it helps with these, you know, the gala dinner was great in terms of that interaction and other events where the ASOS party, you know, these sort of social interactions where the players can talk about their aspirations and how the season's going and, and what they feel is, is, yeah, there's just more and more of it happening. Let's talk about the summer away from Wimbledon. And of course, about the Lionesses. I mean, firstly, what a tournament the World Cup was. Incredible. When you think about, you know, tournaments gone by the past three four world cups that have happened where attendances have barely peaked eight ten thousand and now you're packing out eighty ninety thousand capacity grounds it is mad how it's evolved yeah it's it's incredible and you can even go back to like the champions league semi-finals when we went off to uh, the emirates and watched the arsenal one and i think there was a stat that there was 60 60 000 people there and they'd played wolfberg in the semi-finals five years before and there was five thousand people there and it's just just gone through the roof really and, and rightly so because of the more publicity that's been put in it because of the more funding that's been put in it it's just going, going further and further up um, and I still think there's a long way to go you know I think we've got to really push off the back of what we've seen over the World Cup and, and keep supporting it and especially lower down keep supporting it but what a World Cup and what a way to sort of have that platform to do that from Right on a level did Serena get it wrong? It's a difficult question that um I, I think she, you know, she's got it 90% right. And I think if she reflects back on what she's just seen, she'd probably do things slightly different in terms of that first half. Would you have started Lauren James? I don't think I would have. I still stand by that, that decision. I, th- I think, you know, team dynamics, which she's very strong on and the way she's worked it and, and what, where she's been for, it, it was the right decision. It's, you know, and ultimately she's not had the impact when she's come on that, Serena would have hoped she had had and everybody around the country would have hoped she had had. And what about you personally, your ambition? I mean, does looking at someone like a Serena Wiegmann, does it fuel you looking at people like a, a Mark Skinner? Does it fuel you and think, right, I can take this club further, but I can also push my own career as well? I'd love to, be, I'd love to take this club further as far as it can go. You know, for me, I'm a, I'm a Wimbledon fan. You know, my, my grandparents are Wimbledon fans and I've been part of Wimbledon for, you know, near on 10 years. So I'd love to just see how far actually AFC Wimbledon as a women's team and a club can really push on and go. Do you think that promotion should be the aim this season? Absolutely. I don't think there's um, any conversations around uh, promotion being anything else but what we need to aim for. When we look at the legacy of the Lionesses, what they've done, what they've achieved... Is it a positive runoff for you guys? Do you, do you look at it as, as a positive? Do you think, oh, well, you know, there are more girls that want to come and, and, and interact with us, more girls that want to 
well, I, I tell you, more interesting football. There's more girls that want to play football. Absolutely. I mean, I look back at, as I say, when I first started and, and numbers were incredibly low and you'd sort of end up with 40 or 50 trialists at various venues for various clubs. And now you're seeing it in the schools. I work in the independent sector and all of a sudden now you've got independent schools playing and having six to 12 week blocks of football for girls to play and have fixtures against each other and they're all playing outside of schools and there's all these new competitions around and that will only then breed into the women's game in sort of five years time ten years time as they, they get older and all it's going to do is make it better and better it's a start in the cup for you guys this season Chatham Town what are you expecting from the game are you looking forward to it excited to be back really looking forward to getting back pre-season you know only can give you so much of a buzz and energy you just want to get back playing league and cup fixtures don't you that's what it's all about um, and Chatham will be good we know about them we played them in the FA Cup last year and beat them 1-0 in a really close competitive game and they will have improved and they're, they're the league above but we always say it, we go into the playing teams in the league above and think, you know what, we, we can compete and more than compete against teams in the league above. So that's, that's a nice bar for us to set ourselves to start with and who knows how far we can go in it. How important is it to get some fans down, get people back supporting you, people remembering that the season is here yeah, for the women? Absolutely, we'd love to have as many people down here. We've got QPR at Plough Lane the week after. Um, and the more people that can come and watch, support um, and interact with the, with the players, you know, after the games, the players will always go over and interact with the families and the kids and anybody else. So, yeah, please come down, support us and cheer us on. Kev, thanks for joining us. Best of luck for the Top season. Man. Appreciate it, pal. Brilliant, thank you. Let's get into the last feature of this episode as we sit down with the lightning quick James Tilly, who tells me how he settled into life at the Dons. Yeah, settled in really well, I think. Um, all the boys, the staff, everyone here has made me feel um, like really welcome um, and I feel like I've settled in like very quickly. I think the trip away to Spain as well obviously like really helped that, get like mingled in with the boys and that, had a night out which like obviously um, get to know each other a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed it so far and feel settled. How did the move come about? Kopi. <laughs> <laughs> He's not jumping on this one. <laughs> nah, I think obviously... Um, well, I think it was before the end of last season that there could, like, could be a bit of interest there. Um, and then over the summer, obviously, my agent and Kopi have been talking and that. Um, and it was just about getting a deal done with Crawley to get here. I really wanted to come, to be fair. Um, and, yeah, got it over the line and finally got here. So, yeah. By the way, if you hear any interesting noises, we're sat in the canteen here uh, at the training ground. That's where we want to be. It's where we want to be in the hub of the action uh, on a gorgeous day, uh, looking over the pitches at, at the training ground here yeah. in New Malden. You talk about wanting to come in. Why? Let's be fair. Um, Wimbledon last year weren't great. I'm, I'm not here. Gonna, I'm, I'm not going to try and sort of, you know, rose tint things. Yeah. They weren't great. Um, it was always going to be a, a challenge. The, the club was. Uh, I mean, look, they finished third bottom of the football league. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I'd spoken to a lot of people um, and obviously I know Wimbledon's a big club. Like, It's got massive following. Um, big, like, um, what's it called? Fan, um, base. fan base, yeah, but um, history, sorry. Um, and talking to Cope in that, he explained what they wanted to do this season. I saw like the players they were wanting to bring in and who they already brought in. Um, and it was just exciting, really. And to be honest, I, f I felt like I sort of needed a fresh start away from Crawley. It was quite, it was close to home. Do you know what I mean? I felt quite settled, but I'd prefer to come out and be out of my comfort zone and 
come and join a new club and I think Wimbledon it was I can still live at home do you know what I mean it's not too far away which is also one of the big factors that I wanted to come but the fact that it's the ground and everything's just it's a proper proper club so was that a big thing for you because you travelled a lot obviously look you started at, at Brighton uh, Cork Yeovil Grimsby Grimsby's a long way isn't it very long way um, yeah it was, I didn't get home, get to go home at all really when I was up there I think yeah as you said I've travelled a lot really um, been living out of suitcase like from a young age really um, never really felt like I'd reached my potential to be honest um, but it's hard moving away from home that young it's, it's football's a tough game as well like it's it's not an easy profession at all, um, but I think yeah, I sort I, I just got a house with my uh, my missus, so I sort of wanted to be able to stay at home with her. Obviously, um, getting that new house and Wimbledon was a perfect place, really. Being 21, 22, being a young man, being very impressionable, seeing your mates going out doing different things. Some of them going to uni, some of them going straight into work, some of them just chilling. Yeah. What was it like for you schlepping to the complete other end of the country and, and having to settle in there? Did, did you do it too early? I wouldn't say I did it too early. I, I think maybe at the time it wasn't really the right move for me. Um, I think I was, I was on loan at Yeovil, to be fair, um, with Terry. And I think maybe I should have stayed there for the, the rest of the season. But I decided I, was, I just wanted to play league football. Um, and obviously I was still at Brighton at the time. and. To be fair, I think I sort of got to the point there where I was sort of just like in the 23s. Like I'd thought, I was probably well, when I was 16, I made my debut at Brighton, and I thought, you know, this is like this is going to be it now. Do you know what I mean? I was going to who's that under get in the first uh, Chris Hutton at the time. So it was sort of like at that point, I thought, oh yeah, like I've got a real chance here, and it sort of just sort of fizzled out really for me, um, and I found myself sort of like stagnating in the the 23s. Um, and I thought it was time to get out and just have a fresh start. But to be fair, it, I, I was at Grimsby for two months and then COVID hit. So it was like, that just stopped everything as well. Um, Why did it not work for you with Paul Hurst? I don't know really. So obviously he came in, he wanted, he wanted to bring in who he wanted to bring in. Um, and to be fair, I don't think, well, I played one game under him and that was it. And then he decided that he didn't want didn't want me in his, you didn't even play a game plans, it was 45 really. yeah. minutes wasn't it I think it was 45 minutes yeah I wasn't in his plans and that was when the move to Crawley came about so but you went to Dorking as well in between that must yeah. have been fun nah uh, well <laughs> to be fair I had an injury and the manager at the time said to me he wanted me to go and play minutes um, get my fitness back up and then come back and play for Crawley but it worked out I actually got injured playing at Dorking so <laughs> what was Mark like yeah he was his character no, he was, he was good to be fair. He loves it. You can tell he proper loves the club and that. He's passionate. But I was only there for a matter of a few weeks. So it's Did you get on the series, though? <laughs> I don't think I was on the series, no. Cut I don't it. think I was. So. Tell us about the move to Crawley because you spent two years there, two successful years, playing a lot of football, scoring goals. But, but it was an up-and-down time for the club. Yeah, definitely. It was obviously, there was a lot of changes. Um, um, and I think it was a lot of things that the players had to go through as well it was quite mentally draining at times but also some very good times but yeah last season was was tough I must say having I think we had five managers it was everyone all of them wanting to play a different style of football so it was all we never really had like a settled like team either because they all had their own players they wanted to bring in 
But I think to be fair, towards the end, the gaffer that came in, he done well to get us going again because we did go through a poor run of form, but it got us going again and obviously we managed to stay up. So, yeah, which was the main thing in the end, to be fair. Just talking about your, your family background, look, you come from a footballing family. Tell us more about them. Yeah, so my dad actually, he's a chairman of Billingshurst Football Club. He loves it. Like He's always over the club, cutting the pictures and that. Proper loves it. He's never at home. Like Whenever I go around, it's just my mum at home. He's, you don't even have to ask where he is. Yeah, he loves it. And then my brother, obviously, he played, for, played in the county leagues and that. Played for Billingshurst, a few other county teams. I used to go with my mum all the time to go and watch him when I was younger, mm. to be fair. Proper footballing family. Like My mum and dad have travelled, God knows, like all over the country to take me here and there um, to training to matches so yeah f- thankful for them but yeah it's a proper footballing family if you were a footballer what would you be I don't know honestly I don't, I don't know how to answer because I've been I've been in football since I was so young I've never thought about anything else it's um, yeah it's all I've ever wanted to be really so who did you model your game um, I used to love watching my favourite players to watch were Wayne Rooney it used to be like, I'm, I'm different to him and I but Wayne Rooney Ronaldinho them two were always my favourite players growing up um, and obviously I watched a lot of left footed players Iron Robin obviously Messi you watch all of them don't you try and pick little bits up from your game but yeah I think Rooney and Ronaldinho were my favourite players growing up to be fair have you always been a winger yeah I have really a winger slash like 10 I've always been an attacking player like I played wing back for some some managers as well I could play centre mid as well if, if I needed to but yes yeah, winger 10 I think that's my best positions they say that fullbacks are failed wingers. <laughs> I don't want to see you <laughs> nah, playing fullback. I don't think I'll be playing Ever. fullback anytime Ever. soon. No. Um, this season has been fantastic. We'll talk about the club first. I mean, look, the atmosphere seems incredible uh, at the training ground. Everyone's buzzing to be here. It's a great place to be. Yeah, definitely. I think since the minute I've come in, it's been, as you said, the atmosphere has been unreal I think that also that as I said before that week in Spain it's proper brought everyone together um, just like getting to know each other really helped us like gel together as a team and as you said the results on the pitch at the moment have been top draw so hopefully it can continue and personally when you, when, when you look at your own performances four goals in three games fantastic return you've got your own song what a start to life at a new football club no obviously yeah I'm buzzing to be fair so yeah being a, like, a really good start um, as you said getting a song from the fans as well it's, it's things like that gets, gives you like confidence to go out there and show them what I can do to be fair but as I said like I think it's the group that's really helped me settle in and I can express myself on the pitch you know what I mean that's where I love to obviously express myself because I'm not the loudest person off the pitch but when, it, when I get on the pitch, then that's why I like... It's a real mix of personalities yeah. though, isn't it? That's it. Like, it's, yeah, it's such a mix. Massive variety of personalities in the change. I think that's that's the good thing as well, though. Like, it's, it's funny, to be fair. It's, it's a great change in room. Who have you gravitated towards? Um, I think probably the new boys, to be fair. It's like when you first come in, you're with... So with Omar, Reevesy, um, Jono, I think. But to be fair, I get on with everyone in the change room, so it's like... I can just be myself, that's it really. Jono seems like a lovely guy. Yeah, he is, yeah, top top guy. Um, and yeah, he's been doing really well on the pitch as well. I think it's, everyone will say it, it's just, we've all settled in so well, I think. that's And that obviously helps massively when you get on the pitch. Is it like coming to school and starting a new school, effectively? I mean, what you talked about, like sticking with the new boys. Like, do you come in first day, look around, what's going on? Where do I go for my <laughs> lunch, you know? Where do I hang my coat up? Is it like that? Yeah, it is a little bit, to be fair. Um, I think it's always it's always a little bit like when you're going somewhere new, you don't know anyone. I didn't, to be fair, I didn't know any players here when I came, so it's a bit like 
you've got to, it takes a couple of weeks for you to settle in get to know the boys um, find out where everything is so it's a bit like nerve wracking but it's just fine I've done it like plenty of times now do you know what I mean so get your song out of the way that that helped as well have you encountered some of the bigger characters I'm talking Harry Pell yeah yeah he's a massive personality isn't he? <laughs> massive personality speaking of yeah. which here comes another one here comes another one <laughs> <laughs> nah yeah to be fair as What's I said what's going in the kitchen for I don't, know. I don't know what he's doing. He's just roaming around. That's what he just roaming wants about. to be. He I just think wants he wants to be some water. The no water, is it? He's got water in a bottle. He, just, he wants water. to be on the pod. <laughs> There's no water, mate. Got my little cups. He's been fantastic as well, yeah. hasn't he? What a player. No, what a yeah. player. As an attacking unit, you're a force. Yeah, that's it. As I said, like I think it comes down to the gaffer, Terry, uh, 2V. Just getting us. We know exactly what we've got to do. I think that's one of the main things like is to giving us clear pictures in our head how we how they want us to play another interruption yeah. hey no, don't worry it's all right oh love you oh what a geezer oh I love you more <laughs> Ash- Ashley Wade how you found him yeah he's ledge yeah. He's so, got so much energy in he? Like, he just, you need that sometimes as well. Sometimes their boy's a bit tired, he comes in, gives everyone a bit of energy, do you know what I mean? So, it's, yeah, he's class. If the Duracell Bunny had a dad, it'd be him. Yeah, <laughs> literally non-stop. Um, tell me about the relationship with Josh Neuville as well, because he assisted to your goals, didn't he, yeah. uh, in, in the game against Colchester. Him playing on one side, you on the other, you've got the big boys in the middle, genuine, as an attacking unit. I, I can't stop saying it. You are a force. Yeah, Josh is class, isn't he? He's like, when you're getting 1v1, you just, I just go get in the box, to be honest with you. Because um, I know the ball's coming in, he'll beat his man, get the ball in there. And I think that's a massive thing for wingers as well, just making sure you're getting back post, because I think there's a lot of tappings, especially with him out there. Um, there was another one on Saturday as well, I could have scored, the keeper saved it, do you know what I mean? But yeah, he's been, he's been really good as well since he came in. So, yeah, it's been good. Um, who's the best winger ever? Best winger ever. I'd say Messi, but does he count as a winger? Or is he... When he started out. It's Messi then, isn't it? He's the best player ever. Um, apart from that, I think Robin. I'm Robin. Who's the scariest footballer you played against? The scariest footballer? Probably Omar. <laughs> Omar Bukio. Really? Yeah. Honestly, I'd hate to play against him. I said that to him. I've said that to him many times. Like, Imagine being a centre-half playing against him, him breathing down your, down your neck when you're trying to step out with a ball and that. He's, yeah. There's something about footballers with a hand bandage. Yeah, you I know, don't know what it is. Socks down on his ankles, like just, you know, you're not. <laughs> you you're, could see the battle scars. Yeah, you're in for a horrible day playing against him. But he's a lovely guy. Mm. It's really strange, isn't That's it? it? I mean, That's off, off the pitch, lovely guy, and then as soon as he steps on the pitch, he's a different man. <laughs> Honestly, he's like a man possessed. Who else are you getting on with in the dressing room? Have you managed to socialise with anyone? Not really, to be fair. Not going out and that. Um, but as I said, like all the boys get on with all of them to be honest with you I think Jack Curry as well he's a top lad I think, to be, as I said like, to be fair all of them really Can't, don't have a bad word to say about any of them so. do you have a karaoke song? not really I sang um, Ain't No Sunshine for my uh, solid f- yeah for my initiation but yeah I like to think I've got a decent voice so yeah anything what, really what kind of music are you into day to day? Um, I like house music beat Deep. No, not deep. Commercial. That was, yeah, like I like house music, um, all sorts. To be fair, I like uh, a bit of like nineties, eighties music. So onto your song. Do you know about Blondie then? 
Blondie. Blondie, um, Heart of Glass, obviously that's... Yeah, I've heard the song, like... Yeah. I, li- I know of the song, obviously, but yes. Yeah, I like my song, though. It's yeah. decent. I've seen some videos and that. It's wicked. It must, it must be a buzzing feeling to have people singing a song about you. Oh, yeah, as I said, like, if you get the fans on your side, it's a massive, like, confidence booster, do you know what I mean? Having them cheering your name, it's like, gives you that extra, like, bit of energy, do you know what I mean? So, no, nah, yeah, they've been... They've been unreal to be fair since I've came in and they've helped me settle in as well do you know what I mean so you've got so much energy what do you want to achieve in your time here I think the same as everyone really we just want to have a proper successful season and we know what we've got in the dressing room really we know like we've got the ability to push on up the league um and we like as I said like we've got a good squad in there like the players that are coming on off the bench as well they're affecting games Pelly the other day coming on scoring with his first touch like that's what you need to, to be a good squad you need players to come in and be able to do it as well and that's everyone's been doing it to be fair who'd play you in the movie of your life Tom Hardy I think yeah I think Tom Hardy he's wicked yeah, I think he's class mate. I asked the gaffer uh, earlier on about uh, the fact that Ben Foster has retired from football after conceding 13 goals in four games are you disappointed you didn't knock more past him I don't know about that but obviously <laughs> he's had a great career and he to be fair um if he feels like it's time to retire now, fair play to him. What do you want to achieve in, in this short life? What do you want to achieve at Wimbledon while you're here? Uh, and what do you see yourself realistically achieving? For me, I just want to enjoy my football. That's all. That's literally that's all I want. I don't really think about anything else. I just want to enjoy it. Just love playing football again. Um, and yeah, just a happy life, really. Are you enjoying it now? Yeah, I'm enjoying it, to be fair. Yeah? What do you do in your spare time? Um... I like to go, I've got a little gym near me, I like to go to the steam room, go for a little swim. Um, yeah, my day off I'll go for a little swim. Um, take my dog for a walk. What, Pretty what's chilled dog life. Uh, Bramble. Bramble? Little, yeah, a little cocker spaniel. Nice, yeah. did you name Bramble Bramble? Well, me and my missus, yeah. But, um, yeah, bundle of energy. If you, if you could have called Bramble someone else, what would you have called Bramble? I don't know, I think she is a Bramble. She's a Bramble. She definitely is a Bramble. She's Titus. Titus Bramble, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Titus Bramble. <laughs> Not quite as big as him, but uh, yeah, she's yeah, quality. Who do you support? I'm a Spurs fan. Yeah? yeah? How are you feeling about playing at Chelsea? That's if oh, you get selected. That's, yeah, if selected, yeah. We're, we're, all, we're all looking forward to it. It's an unbelievable draw, isn't it? Take one of the big dogs straight away. Um, Stamford Bridge, yeah. Did you watch the draw? Well, I was, I was driving, driving home, so I was on the phone to my missus actually, and she was reading out what her, who we got so last out weren't we yeah last out I think yeah. that, that must have been nervy class though yeah best stadium you played at Emirates I think nice unreal stadium nice um, in terms of the, like, the hype around the group though for that, that Chelsea tie I mean Coventry was mad yeah but I mean that is going to be something else yeah 100% I think everyone's buzzing with that aren't they you know that's literally what you want you want that big dog straight away like either that or you want a team who you've got that big chance of beating but yeah we'll go up there and give everything see what happens James can't wait to see you smash it this season thanks for joining us here on the official club podcast thank you very much get every single episode of the official AFC Wimbledon podcast the minute it drops just head over to Acast Spotify or Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe